Now is your time to flinch. Greetings and salutations, ladies and gentlemen. I am your stand-in moderator today, Carol, also known as Coach K, uh, standing in for our wonderful moderator, uh, Brett, who couldn't make it today. We've got a fabulous show lined up for you. Uh, before I jump into the show, let me just introduce some of my guys that are here with me today, starting with the intern, Jay Dace. Starting off strong, starting off strong, you know. I'm just out here, uh, you know, trying to get it how I live, man. You know, I want them dead presidents. <laughs> I, want, I want to pull up. Get I want some presidents to represent me. Get, get money. <laughs> yeah, okay. I got six jobs, I don't get tired. Hey. Got six hey. jobs, you don't get tired. The question right. is, though, do you got two phones? Mm. 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 How deep mm. did I just mosey? Wow. We got a couple people making their way back to the podcast this week. You guys know we're running on the light crew. Deacon Rue, bruh. Rue, glad to be back. Glad to be back. Good to Sorry, see you. Man. Good to see you. Yes, always. Yeah, glad to be seen. Glad to be seen. Good. Working hard. We see the cat did not get your microphone. Not yet. Try to keep it away. Nice. What's the cat's name, man? We don't even talk about the cat's name. Cat's name is Speedy. Speedy, <laughs> Speedy. So she, Speedy she, the cat. She is. Uh, she belongs to my oldest daughter, but my youngest daughter is the one that has lured her away with cat treats. Ah, okay. Mm. okay. Well, all types of tricks: sit, roll over, stand up. It's pretty interesting. Eat daddy. Wow. Like, like, yeah. like, nice. Oh yeah, we can we can we can make her we can make her do some stuff on command. Okay. Not eat headphone strings. Okay. <laughs> also back with us this week, Mr. Logistics, BJ. Hey, what's going on? Good, man. What's going on? Where you at, man? Hey, man. Been running, trying to make life happen, brother. Um, but all is well. Good to be back, and we're gonna get this thing cracking. Let's roll. All right, and of course, DJ Barry B. Fresh in the building, looking like Miami Santa Claus. <laughs> This that uh, winter Miami feel, you know. I Kane had to let him know. Kane and Claus is still in the building. We still out here. We still representing the loss. Does not hurt a boss. We still come out on top. Please believe it. Um, yeah, man, let's get it. I'm excited about today's show. Let's have a good time. Yeah, we got man. special guests. Let's get it. That's right. We got special guests. I, he might be the first guest to have a, a double appearance. He is, yeah. Encore appearance. Um, so absolutely, welcome back, Purvis Taylor. Yes, what's yes. up, everybody? What's going on, Purvis? How you doing, man? I'm good, brother. How are you guys doing? Oh man, we are we are great, man. Super excited to have you back, man. Um, man, Purvis. So there's a. I saw that you are running. That you got nominated for. What was it you got nominated for? So it's an award or an awards organization that they have here in New York. It's called the Black Celebration Awards. And I was nominated by somebody um, in the empowerment category. And so they're having like this online voting thing up until the 30th of this month. So I'm I'm imploring everybody to vote like so much so that I like pulverize the competition. Like there's like a hefty gap, like a like a thousand vote gap. Oh, nice. So, so absolutely. And, you know, everybody here on the 13th floor, we are definitely uh, going to vote for you. As a matter of fact, I think we even pumped it out on our page today. Yeah, we're, we're calling all the fledge mates, everybody out there within sound shot of our uh, voices. Make sure you go ahead and cast that vote. If you don't know how to cast a vote, come to our Facebook page. We have it up there. You can go ahead and cast that thing. And guess what? You can share it too. We're going to let you do that for free. Oh, right. And I appreciate that, brother. This this is where Brett would say, there it is. Uh, so, yeah, so there it is. Easy, so, easy, 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 easy. Hey, so, Purvis, just in case uh, some of our viewers and listeners didn't catch you on the first time, let's just remind um, the audience exactly what it is that you do. Um, wow. Wow. Uh, <laughs> I am an award-winning life coach, speaker, and author. I've written two books, co-authored one book. Uh, I, I work with celebrities, I work with executives, I work with youth, I work with everyday people in helping them to um, 
achieve greatness in their lives and to transform. And that's really what I'm about in a nutshell. And I, you know, I'm an empowerment speaker. I don't like to say I'm a motivational speaker because I believe motivation is momentary, but empowerment and inspiration is, is a lifetime. Mm. So, um, yeah, that's me. And I just, and I, and I have a master's in clinical psych, um, from Columbia university. I, I went to undergrad at the U with you wonderful gentlemen. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, man, just out here, just living in, in my purpose. Mm. Nice, nice, and that's 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 great, man. And as I said, it's 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 an honor to have you on the show. Um, it's an honor to be here. Did you guys hear that award-winning life coach? So we didn't just bring some dude that you know just claims to be a life coach because you can right. just claim to be one, and you don't have to go get a certification or anything. But right, uh, we got some we got somebody with credentials behind them. That's exactly. what we do. If y'all if y'all ain't noticed, that was a that was a mic drop. <laughs> put some respect on his name you know yeah. <laughs> yeah man so we're gonna jump into this topic and um Let's get as it. you know we're doing a four-part series the first part was last week so if you haven't had a chance to check out that podcast definitely go view that one uh the title of that one was um was was wow who are you finding who are you? finding, finding who you are uh and we definitely dropped some gems last week um, including finding that common thread that links the hints to who you are. Um, so this week we're going to move into accepting who you are. Uh, we thought it was great to have Purvis on this week. Um, so let's talk about fellas and, you know, anybody, not just Purvis, but when did you first know who you were and how did you go about being comfortable with who you were? Wow. Mm-hmm. That's a great question because I've been yeah. um, many different stages. I can say I'm still discovering, honestly. Yeah. It, different yeah. stages of my life. Uh, it just came to certain events, certain situations made you step up and realize, okay, this is defining who I am right now. Um, I'm defining who I am right now. But then as life kept going, it was another defining moment. So it's like I'm looking forward to everything that's going to keep on happening, man. So, Right. Yeah, to echo to echo what BJ. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say um, to echo what what uh, BJ said. Like, you're constantly discovering who you are and accepting that person along the way. But for me, I would actually say when I was like 30, where I really fully accepted who I was, and I know that's not that long ago. Um, but it was it was it was a process and a journey to get to that place. And, and it was very, it was very painful. It was very arduous. It was very painstaking. And it was very like, a lot of times you want to give up because I think the hardest thing that we can do is, is face ourselves. And that's what I did. I unpacked a lot of stuff and, and I got to a place where I just, I started to like who I was in that process. And, um, yeah, it was a definitely interesting journey, but I would say for me, 30. 30. And okay. I'm still discovering. Right. And I think you guys hit on something that was key is that accepting who you are doesn't mean that you will always be in that same place for the rest of your life. It is going Correct. to continue to be a, a, a maturation of who you are and you continue to embrace deeper levels of who you are as you go throughout life. And you know, speaking of embracing, so let's let's identify like what are some of the common obstacles that we face with accepting who we are? Uh, pride. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, no, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, no, no, that's You jumped out there like uh like cool runnings. Pride. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm a bat, you know, ain't gonna go away anyway. But no, um uh, but no, definitely pride. Um thinking like believing that you have it all figured out um when you know you don't. And well when you don't maybe you don't know you don't, uh, but you don't wanna face that you don't. Uh, when everybody's telling you that you don't. <laughs> but I would say pride and ego. That would be one of two of the biggest hurdles, at least for me personally. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and also, and also, like not living up to who you thought that you were supposed to be. You know, when when life doesn't happen the way that you think it's supposed to be, or or thinking um, material things are going to make you feel good about yourself. Yeah. Like it's so many. Yes, yeah, I mean, it's so many things like 
also peer pressure, pressure the, the, the culture trying to live up to everybody else's expectations and not yeah. being able to yeah. understand you will uh live uh, a, a further uh richer life if you're not you know focused on pleasing other people and you find out what it is that you're truly passionate about and what you truly like to do you may not make a lot of you know what everybody uh feels is a lot of money however you will live a, a, a fuller and richer life because you will actually enjoy your life and not feel that you're in you know uh some horrible space yeah I think I think for me this been you know since going from the transition from Ohio to here and kind of from the job to working for yourself I think the more time that you spend alone the more you realize that you have work to do on yourself mm-hmm. so oh, not yeah. the outside telling you how great you are how smart you are um, you realize that there's a lot of things and a lot of time for you to work on your own development mm-hmm. and that's a different way to view yourself yeah part of that too is um realizing when you're complacent and you're mm-hmm. stuck in a cycle mm-hmm. um and that, that self time might that's what when he just said that self time that that put me back into a couple times like i can remember specifically when i felt like i was just going through the motions every single day mm-hmm. and not really living out to what i should be doing and, and it wasn't outside outside influence it was like i'm stuck mm-hmm. and if i don't if i don't do this i'm gonna i'm gonna get complacent and this is gonna be my every single day rest of my life and that's not that's not like that. mm, I think one of the things that uh the wife and I were talking about this weekend is we were forced to move so it wasn't like a you anticipate this change coming on mm-hmm. um, and I think in that you don't realize what's better until you are forced to be in a situation that is better so had someone asked us you know two years ago would we be living in Ohio of course um, would I still be working at a nonprofit? Yeah, but two years later, we're in New Jersey. You know, I got the thing uh, working together with you guys. You know, life is a whole lot better. Um, and as you spend time, you're redeveloping yourself to figure out what changes do you need to make internally to keep up. Um, and that's that's just the whole you know that's the whole reality of it. But also, I, I, to add on to what you're saying, I think. I think un- underneath all of that is like the thing that a lot of people are missing, which is self-awareness. I think a lot of us are, are self-deluded and like we don't want to we don't want to see who we really are. We don't want to see this, the problems or the situations that are going on in our lives. And I think that the culture feeds that. And, and, and you know what I mean? So it's like we live in we live in a time where everybody's delusional. Everybody's a narcissist. Social media. Everybody yeah. wants to. They are literally renting out private jets that do not fly so that you can go and take some Instagram pictures and videos or whatever to be able to post on social media and stuff. That's crazy. Right. And what, is about, it, and what does that do for you? And what is that? And what does that do for you? <clears throat> right. You know what I'm saying? Like, what does that do for the soul? It's, it's reinforcing a image that you want to project right and i I think what we just hit on was when you accept who you are that means not only do you accept your strengths but you accept your faults as well Mm -hmm. it's embracing yep it's embracing embrace it and a lot of people they don't take the time to find that benchmark for who they are because if you can Mm -hmm. find that benchmark now you can now build on that foundation but but i also think i also think the challenge with that too is like people don't know where they stopped like being real mm-hmm. they don't know the point where they stopped where they started to delude themselves and i think mm-hmm. that's the challenge is like so it's like working with clients of mine the challenge is is like we have to go all the way back to the beginning oh yeah you know what i mean to the point where it's like what's your earliest memory although <laughs> you know instead well, of just yeah. instead of just like you know so many coats because you put on so many yeah, layers yeah. you put it and it's like it's like an onion it's like you're mm-hmm. constantly peeling layer by layer and it's like that is the biggest challenge because it's like you have to unpack so much stuff before you can even get to acceptance yeah mm-hmm. and, and we talked about that last week in discovering or defining who you are of doing that homework to go back you have to go back in order to start connecting right. the dots to right. figure out who you are and what that common thread was and we talked about earlier in the intro um and, and that's a great point and I, I think it takes a certain level of courage mm-hmm. to do that and, mm-hmm. and 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 you have to want to 
not only reveal yourself to yourself, but you have to now expose yourself to others because, and we're getting to this next week in presenting who you are, but you have to be prepared for whatever that critique is going to be. And I think once you come to terms with that, what that fault is, you now take away that power from everybody else of of, of what they may say and how that may make you feel. Because when you take, when you accept who you are, you take that personal responsibility. Like, you know, like it's, 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 it's on me because sometimes just being real, when you accept who you are, who you accepting or who you find, you may not like that person. You know, and I think a lot of times when people do find that person or do that, like they do do that self-reflection and they don't like who they are. It doesn't match who, like it's perfect. I think, uh, you know, who they think they should be. Yeah. They like resort back to who they think they should be. And they live in this fantasy world and it's hard to, and then at that point, you're not really living life. You know what I mean? Like you're just living in a, in a false, false reality. And that's, and that's the undercurrent of it. The underpinning is I don't like myself. And so it's hard for people to just say that. Mm-hmm. And so it's easy to just pretend to be somebody else to be who you think everybody would like instead mm-hmm. of being who you really are. And that again, that's a problem. Like, who told you that you weren't good enough? Why don't you like yourself? And it goes back to, you know what I mean? All the way back. It goes yeah. all the way back. And that's something that I say. I, like when I was looking at myself, I had to, and I, I started to write things down that I didn't necessarily like about myself. And it, it kind of made me feel bad at first. I was like, why am I doing this? You know what I mean? But then I was like, yo, I love myself enough to acknowledge yeah. the things I don't like. And I think that, that when I said that statement, it was so empowering for me personally. Yes. Like I love myself enough to really pay attention to what I don't like. Well, let me actually, change it. Let me ask you a question, um, Jake, because you're looking at yourself through your lens, right? So there are things that you may not like about yourself that if you were to share that list with some people, they might show you where those things about you are are key to how you interact with other people. Mm-hmm. So I think sometimes we're a little bit too critical of ourselves, not realizing that something that we may not like is exactly what other people love about us. Well, that's, but you know, but that's, that's usually how it is. But, you know, usually think that we don't like about ourselves is because we think it's supposed to be another way. Mm-hmm. Right. Instead of embracing that, it could be our unique way, our unique spin on it. We look and see other people. So, like, if I like the way my homeboy works a room in terms of like networking, I don't. I may not like the way that I network, or I may not like the way that I present myself in in those settings. But people could say, "Man, I love the way that you present it." But it's like I'm looking at somebody else, and I, I like I have admiration for that version of it, but not realizing that just because there's a version of that doesn't mean that my version isn't is equally as good yeah exactly you know, you know what i'm saying like we mm-hmm. think that there's one way yep to be right and that's, go ahead but like that's i think that that's key because back to um you know so and so is a man thinking so is he because all exactly. of it came to thought yeah you know, and, and like uh shakespeare said nothing is neither good nor bad but thinking makes itself so what we are telling ourselves about ourselves or even about others how we how we compare ourselves that's what it all boils down to but what you just said is Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now, we we talk about self-image is is a lot. A lot of different things I've read and heard and and been part of for the last few years is really when you talk about self-image. And, and I thought it was kind of a unique way to portray it. How do you when the positive outweighs the negative? Because negative is going to flow naturally, just like weeds growing in, in the garden, in the yard, where you don't throw down weed seeds. They grow in places where. You don't even think they're gonna grow. So like all the different things in the in the um in the rest of your life, everything that happens day day in, day out. But as you go through and you actually feed the positive in and you can outweigh that positive of the negative, that's when that positive self image starts occurring. So if it's family, if it's something you uh perfect you talk about working the room, if you talk about these are the negative things we're planting seeds in ourselves. And they're growing in our minds. They're growing in our thoughts. So as we keep on continuing with that, until we can outweigh those with the positive stuff, that negative self-image, even if it's 51% to 49, the ratio is still on the, on the side of that negative piece. And then we got to start feeding into that positive stuff to get the positive to outweigh mm-hmm. the negative. Mm-hmm. We can do that. This is, we're unstoppable, man. Right. And I want to talk about the root cause that... that BJ and and Jay hit on and and I don't want to just pass by it 
which as as human beings we have this tendency to compare we always want to compare ourselves to everybody else or somebody else and i guess my question is how do we get over that need to compare to validate who we are i i I think comparison is always going to be there i think that that's just a human thing but i think it goes back to you with the acceptance piece embracing and loving who you are and learning to like who you are and so like what Jeremiah said, which is dope, like I love myself, but I didn't like certain things about myself. So living in a space where you have a healthy relationship with yourself, I think that minimizes it. Um, like I'm not beating myself up because I like the way my boy works the room and I don't. Mm-hmm. I just, what I have to do is say, but the way Purvis does it is good for Purvis. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's about shifting and reorienting um, my mind around it. Yeah, that's what I was gonna go with the shifting piece. Like we're like, I, like I agree 100%. A comparison is always going to be there. It's just, it's, it's, it's who we are as human beings, but it's changing your perspective on it, like, okay, comparing, well, he does it better than me, or comparing it, okay, how can I do it better? Not necessarily saying for, for better than him, but better for me. Like, instead of looking at it, and it's, just, it's not a competition, like, the way he does it is not necessarily diminishing the way I do it, but it's shining light in areas where I can improve it. And when you compare in that sense, then everybody wins. Or even, or even just saying like, "Yo, I really like the way he does that." Mm-hmm. Let it be that. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? oh, true, true. Yeah. I think it's a constant struggle too, because there's times where you look at others and what they're doing, and you're trying to see what you can take from what they're doing to improve yourself. Um, and I think trying to not lose yourself and taking those things that other people do to build yourself, becoming who they are, you got to take their best practices and adapt it for you. Um, but you got to have a clear understanding of who you are to know if it fits, how you're going to do it your way. Um, and ultimately, everybody ends up in the same place. You got to be happy. You got to be peaceful. So however you determine it, so you. And then also, too, to, to add on to what you just said, it's like, you have to come from a place of authenticity. Mm-hmm. You don't know. I don't. I have no idea if my friend, in this example that we're talking about, if he has anxiety, mm-hmm. and he's like putting on his best performance, and that could be the reason why it's so like mm-hmm. popping out to me. But I'm literally, I'm literally coming from a place of peace inwardly, and I'm being my most authentic self. So it's like even with comparison, that's like a trick. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. you don't know. You really don't know what that person is going through. You don't know if that person has accepted accepted themselves the way that you have. And so like, it's as long as you are coming from a place of authenticity within you and the only way you can be authentic is to know who you really are and to accept who you really are. Yeah, and, and I think it's understanding how much of a mind state it is as well. You yeah. know, happiness is what you make of it. There, there are people who are always in worse situations than you are going through that are able to, you know, still put on their shoes in the morning, put on their pants and, and you know, handle business. That is about being able to understand, putting yourself in that mind state, understanding that even when things are not going the way that you necessarily expect them to, that there's still a progress, a lesson or something that's putting you in that same position of being and affirming who you are. Absolutely. Yeah. And what I want to do, I want to give the listeners, the viewers, uh, some key maybe that we can share to accepting who you are. Uh, and, and, and I'll start it off. And I think one of the first things you have to do is you have to know and accept that not everybody is going to like you. And you're not necessarily, who you are does not have to be for everybody. Uh, and, and that's one of the things that you have to be okay with. Uh, when it comes to accepting who you are, you have to accept that not everybody's gonna like who you are, but not everybody's meant to like who you are. So. You know that that's okay and that criticism there's always going to be a critic always and a lot of times the most influential critics are the people closest to us so it's your mother it's your father it's you know your girlfriend you know your your boy somebody um close to you makes you kind of question yourself and if you're doing what's right and again going back to one defining who you are and then two accepting who you are being comfortable and loving yourself um the way that you are anybody have any other 
points. I, I'd add be honest. I think you have to truly be honest with uh, self-reflection. I think you have to be honest to where when you tell people who you are and what you're about, that that honesty comes through to where it's not, you know, being rude, but you, I could really give a care less what you think. Like, this is who I am. This is how I am. This is how I'm going to be. And if you don't like it, oh, well. Um, and that honesty portrays itself to where it's genuine and people respect it, uh, regardless if they agree or disagree. They respect mm-hmm. you as to who you are, and then they'll, they'll adjust themselves accordingly. I would say, uh, ask, you know, ask, ask those people. I know to kind of do the flip of what Mike just said, uh, ask the people that are closest to you, you know, who, who have I been, who have you seen me to be over the past few years, over X amount of years. Um, and just take their input and, and drop the guards, you know, like, don't, don't ask anybody, you know, be asked with those people that genuinely care about you, who are shown system that have compassion and, and want to see what's best for you. Uh, because those people are watching you in a way that you aren't watching yourself and they genuinely want what's best for you. So they'll be real and tell you, you know, you, you slip it in this area or you're phenomenal in this area. And, and yeah. both of them are, it's great knowledge for what they are. So just drop the guards. Yeah, Jay, Jay, when I see you, man, I see pride. I see power. <laughs> Carol, can you repeat the question? What's um, the advice? Yeah, the, the question was, what are some things that we can give uh, people to help them? Who are struggling with this? Yeah, some breadcrumbs. Yep. Okay, what it, I, I would say, you know, the first two things is like taking ownership of all of who you are, right? Number one, taking ownership and acknowledging that there's some things that may have not that you may not like and that you have that have not worked and some things that you know need to improve but then also to give yourself grace in that process because accepting who you are is as we all know because we all have to accept ourselves at a certain point it is a process mm-hmm. it is not and, and if you look at it as this huge undertaking it's going to be insurmountable to you and you're going to like be hard on yourself you're going to beat yourself up because you're not at the place you think you should be so give yourself grace within that process like take be easy with yourself because you've been living a certain way and just not realizing like yo i haven't been living my most authentic self and so it took you that long to realize that it may take you that long to get to the place you need to get to so you need to be gracious towards yourself Mm. i think mine would be um that you need to have patience and understand that the process is not a cold turkey process that because you you know you started to have that realization that desire and you and you know you know where you want to be and what you want to be understand that it doesn't have to happen tomorrow it's okay to to learn to love the process of you know finding yourself and understanding that it's an ever-growing process like you might have a lapse and you go back to who you used to be and people don't like process people we don't like process we like instantaneous oh yeah uh, that's a, we like microwaves we are, yep we are right now society and that's one of the 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 biggest downfalls of especially the younger generation is them feeling that you know success comes in a year what do you mean i'm not you know the ceo of a company and it's uh, it, sometimes you have to to learn yeah uh, and you know, get involved so that you can really see the the, the true process of, of really where business is going as opposed to what you've learned in books. One of the biggest failures people have is thinking that what they learn in the classroom just automatically applies to real life. And right. nine times out of 10, that's not true. It doesn't you have to be able to understand the set <laughs> nuances of certain industries, how you handle business that allow you to be able to be successful in business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, process is countercultural, man. It's very countercultural. Yeah. I'm gonna tap BJ real quick because when you said um, about textbook, what you learn in school may not necessarily be applicable in the real world. He made a face, and I know it's probably something that he sees on a daily basis with teachers and administrators that they learn certain things and then they go in and think, "Oh, I'm going to be the best teacher ever." Go ahead, BJ. Share, share your thoughts. Unmute yourself first. I'll call for a minute ago. I want to make sure I didn't get on. <laughs> so when I when I was looking at it, I'm listening to you, and I'm saying that yeah, that's that's exactly what happened, and that's one of the biggest downfalls of the public education system today. We're still teaching kids to be 
thinkers of the industrial era, industrial age, and not the information age. Um, and, and put that in perspective, when you talk about the teachers and then the administrators that are supposed to be perfecting their craft in order to bring this generation into the current age, um, we're stuck in old practices. So part of the part of the thing, the whole it all fits together. What we talk about because um, my, one of the things I was wanted to add to the question that you previously asked was about compartmentalizing everything that we do. Mm -hmm. um, we have a tendency, especially as men, we compartmentalize things um, and and kind of think inside a box a lot of times. But all this stuff we do is interconnected. Absolutely. And, and there's certain things that are going to cross over. So when you're talking about being the best you can or knowing that stuff or whatever, realizing that this may be the best me in this situation, but as a, as, as a, as, as working in the field of education, but when it comes to that as a father or as a, a confidant for a friend, that may be something totally different. Yeah. But, um, uh, go ahead. No, I was just thinking as, as humans, I think we do what comes easy. You know, like like the compartmentalizing. We if it's easier to be a teacher than it is a father, then I'm gonna just I'm gonna try my best to excel as a teacher. But we don't overflow or even even equate how is being a father and teacher synonymous in our lives. Right? Yeah, and the same energy it takes for you to be a great teacher is the same energy it takes for you to be a great father. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And, 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 and vice versa, as a father, there's a certain nurturing talent that you have to have that applies to the classroom exactly. and it also applies to the corporate room which that's our problem right now when we talk about there's a millennial problem there ain't really a millennial problem there is a problem with managing people from the millennial area or teaching yeah. from the millennial area yes. because yes. they seem to be more in tune with who they are and we don't know how to adjust and adapt to that well, and, and then also too I would add that they're not afraid to to fail at presenting who they are, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, like they're they're not afraid to put themselves out there. They'll be a lot more often yeah. because yeah. I think that being so involved and entrenched in like social media and in technology, they have to consistently. Even though there is the mixture of you know falsely putting yourself out there, I think that you know you have that circle of people who kind of understand that you start to develop that a little bit earlier that that's what allows them to go ahead and have that, you know, hey, I don't care about being honest and truthful with, with who I am. And if you guys aren't going to accept it, I'm going to move on. And and it, it is what it is. But, and part of it is the evolution. I will go back to the, the classroom example, the teacher example we talked about a second ago, a second ago, that a lot of times is that in education, we forget who our clients are. Our clients are. Our clients at the end of the day is those students that are sitting in front of the teachers. It's not the, the unions, it's not the teachers, it's not the principals, it's the client. The end client is the student that's in front of that first grader, that kindergartner, that 12th grader, the student that's in front of them. And at the end of the day, what, how are we preparing them to be successful adults later on down the line? And if we're not challenging them to get out of that comfort zone, to get out of the, 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 the never ending cycle, or everything of preparing them to just be test takers, just be this, just be that. Then, what do we expect them to become when they're adults? And uh, DJ, you know, you said that in education, but I think it's in the corporate environment. It's in it's in the real working it world environment. Yeah, continue. We forget as a boss, as an employer, who my customer is. It is not that person that I'm providing the service to because most of the time I'm not on that front line doing it. It is the person that works for me that's doing it. So they have customers. The customers are the people that I employ. And I don't realize that I owe it to them to help develop them into the best person that they can be in my organization. Mm -hmm. I think um, I think it gets down to adults just getting so caught up in the outside stuff that you forget the reality and the real reason for why we do what we do. Um, you talk about like your customers, BJ talked about the kids um, and working kind of with community. One of the things that I remember from executive director was he said if the adults would get out the way, the kids would be fine. Mm -hmm. I that piece down is the adults getting involved in adult stuff. So I've been in teachers' lounges where the teachers are having conversations that have nothing to do with the kids. 
but that carries over into the classroom and as it carries over in the classroom then the kids like the teacher don't like me and it's something that has nothing to do with anything it's a family history it's a teacher that's not just you know comfortable with who they are it's a person that's going into work dealing with stuff from the weekend plays out and it never gets back to what it's supposed to. And that's what I was going to say, what you just said, Mike, like you're dealing with a lot of teachers who themselves are not actualized, who mm-hmm. don't know who they are, who haven't accepted themselves. And so like that becomes, and that that tends to be the problem. So when I go into corporate settings and I do trainings on stuff like this, it like, it usually comes down, you know, a fish sticks from the head down. So it's like usually the people who are in charge, they themselves, they know how to, they know how to lead per se, but they don't know how to be an actual human being. They don't actually don't know how to be uh, an approachable person. And so that, and that goes back to their own narrative as to where they didn't accept themselves in some area of them li- of their lives and it trickles down. And so it becomes this world that we live in where we're dealing with a lot of people who have not accepted themselves. We're dealing with veneers. So like it, it, it's, when you really think about it, it's really like a really huge issue. Yeah, I don't I think, think that many people have accepted themselves, truly. Yeah. And, and what you just said about make them not making, uh, allowing themselves to be human beings, that they're they're leading, but they're not being humans. Uh, I think that when you accept yourself, and something that you said in, in, the, in the past podcast, uh, you said, make yourself tangible as, a, as yes. a human being. And when you accept yourself, I think that's what you do. Like yeah. if you make yourself tangible, like you can be touched. And that's scary yeah. for a lot of people. Because that's vulnerability. Yes, and that's what it comes. That's exactly like yeah. showing your faults, showing who you are. You open yourself up to anything, praise, but also, you know, ridicule. Yeah, exactly, exactly. exactly. And you make yourself, you could be touched. It's that's one of the scariest things, but it's and, also empowering. And to tie this all together, Purvis, there was there's a couple things that we've said, and one was you said it starts from the people at the top, and a lot of the people at the top. They faked it until they made it. Yeah, and they still faking. And they still faking. And so they don't know how to survive. As you said, don't. as you said, they don't know at what point they started faking it. And because they're so far lost now, you, you don't know how to teach somebody else to become what you are because you don't even know what you are yourself. Yeah. So it's just a never-ending cycle. And look, we don't just do it in business we do it in relationships absolutely we we do it at home i mean you know it's, it's just a cycle that finding who you are and loving that person accepting that person would absolutely change the whole outlook of how we interact and what we do on a day-to-day basis absolutely man. it's a freedom like i always I, I i tell i was i was meeting with the young man today who has like uh he has a tech company uh that's about to come out and it's about to, what he's doing is crazy but I was telling him, he was sharing with me that he's had issues with anxiety. And I said to him, I said, what happens when we have anxiety and we don't accept ourselves, we create a chasm between you and yourself. You know how they say me, myself, and I? But you and yourself are two different people. And when you're not accepting yourself, there's a chasm and anything can fall in that state. Think about it. So it's like you're not even, like that space, anxiety can fall in there. Uh, mental health issues so many things can come into that place when you're not in possession and alignment with who you are mm-hmm. and so it is vital to your health mentally spiritually emotionally that you get into a place where you can accept who you are because it will be to your detriment if you don't wow that was powerful I think we're going to end That's the session right there we're going to end that right there um, and we're going to invite everyone that mic again that's why you're back for a second time that's why you're back for a second time (laughs) so we're going to invite everyone um, to jump in on the series if you didn't see part one go see part one um, and definitely share both part one and part two Um, again part one defining who you are um, and then today is accepting who you are we want you to share that um, and tune in next week for presenting who you are um, is the topic next week um, and Purvis, you know, we, we didn't set it up this way, but if you want to come back next week, you're more than welcome. I would love to. Um, so yeah, we'll definitely set that up. Um, and fellas, we still got the rest of the show to go. So Purvis, we'd love for you to stick around. Yes. Um, speaking of who we are and accepting who you are, uh, we are definitely Miami Hurricane fans, alumni. And, uh, we had a game this past weekend. Uh, Jay, your team had a, 
had a game too, Wisconsin. Um, shout out to number 72. Um, <laughs> Come on, Wisconsin. Fellas, what do you think about the game? Um, yeah, that's a little question. <laughs> wow, silence. I'm going to break. I mean, look, it's... You said it was fun to watch? It was tough, tough to watch. But, I, I mean, I've said it before and I'll say it again. They, they've way more than exceeded my expectations for this season that, you know, hey, a loss sucks. Don't get, don't get it wrong. But at the same time, man, the, the high I've been riding this season, none of those losses, Pittsburgh even, it doesn't affect me at all. You know, we had a great year. Uh, uh, we are, um, the U is back. We are on the up and up. The, the, the fact that I can say that and feel that in my soul and not just be talking to, you know, an FSU fan to talk some crap that, you know, that I really feel, understand. And not only do I feel and understand it, but they feel and understand that too. That, you know, that that heartbeat is back. We are, we are you know, back on that, that uphill climb and it feels good, man. It's great to be back. I'm not worried about that. And we actually, we going to see them Badgers in the, in the, in the bowl. Yeah, we're gonna see Wisconsin. We're playing Wisconsin. Well, yeah, we When's the last time that we, we won championship? McGahee, way back in yeah. Is that a one or two? Two thousand one. All right, it's yeah. when I was there. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, I, yeah. Thought so. yeah. I thought so. I thought so. We all yeah. were there yeah. for except for I've been talking to number 72 and he already told me that it's don't even wow. look pretty for y'all. <laughs> I'm about to see right now if there even is a 72. I just needed Wisconsin to do one thing that was beat Ohio State. That's it. That's all you got to do. Mm. But yeah, you can't answer it. To kind of tie it back, if you go back to last week, knowing yourself, just we accepting yourself, it's like we know the University of Miami. We know the U.S. back in the day when we were in school. Mm-hmm. And I think they're missing over these, what, 16 years up until this year to give Ian that faith that he just spoke about was the fact that we saw something in this young team. That, and what I'm excited about is that we are a young team and we did it this year. Mm-hmm. So we have the potential in the upcut and then the next year's recruiting class, if y'all can keep it up with what's going on right now with the recruiting, it's going to be one of the top recruiting classes in the nation right, right now. Right, and we so, had one of the, we had one of the top recruiting classes this year. Correct. Mm-hmm. What creates a, a legacy and continues a dynasty is being able to keep that momentum and that thunder going. People, at the end of the day, we were broken up because of everything that was put on top of us with all the sanctions, the, the mm-hmm. potential sanctions and everything, you know, with our NCAA issues that now that we are back on that momentum, now that we have that coach who is, is you know, uh, 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 really in line with what we want the pro- program to be and represent, and you see and feel how everybody is coming back together. Again, we've talked about how the Orange Bowl, we haven't ever, well, look at this, I'm calling it the Orange Bowl, that, that you know, going to the stadium, it was never, never, there was never any year that we have been at that stadium that was like this year, ever. Nothing remotely like this year. We probably had more people consistently at UM games than at Dolphin games. I can definitely say that the fact that the U came back caused Jimbo Fisher to say, peace out, I'm going to Texas. Right. I don't want nothing to do with what's coming. Yeah, because this whole... Yeah, this whole recruitment process of what I got to compete with, they're back. They not, nah, I'm not dealing with the UMFSU every year. I'm out of here. Rode, he rode the years of winning very wisely, and now he mm-hmm. just hit that Homer Simpson. I want to talk about. I want to talk about the, the, the bigger <laughs> impact that maybe everybody outside of us doesn't really see, and that's we've we've never turned our back on our alma mater. Mm-hmm. However. Our, our, our pulse got so much stronger this year. And it wasn't just about the games at the stadium. All across the country, you see so many cane watches. You see so many people traveling to watch the games. I mean, it has really revitalized just our excitement and our and our passion. I, I agree with that. Like, even just the awareness that I've seen just, like, on, online. Like, I, yeah. like every, all, like, all through my timeline, I see 
everybody talking about the U. And even and even when I tell people where I went to undergrad, it's like, oh my god, like it's like a conversation starter. Like, mm-hmm. right? Like there is an excitement, and it's like in the ethos about it. Like it's crazy. Anywhere you go, in town, out of town, around yeah. town, downtown, if you have on some hurricane stuff, you get stopped. We're gonna at a minimum gonna give you that look like. You know mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, that's and, how I was. And we are we are everywhere. Like if I have on UM stuff, I can be somewhere and somebody will stop me. Cocaine's. And I'm yep. just like, oh, shoot, okay, wow, you know. Yep, that's how I was going when we were traveling with the wife. Every airport that we went into, people asking like, "What's what's the what's the score for the game tonight? Who you know down there? Can you make a phone call? I need to right. figure out what I'm doing." Yeah, that's funny. Going to class, we ain't been going to class. Who's starting? Who ain't starting? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Got so money on the game. Hey, listen, it's great to be back to. It's to great to be a Miami hurricane. To be a Miami hurricane. Yeah, and speaking of. Uh, growing and uh, finding who you are fresh. What's on that fresh jam this week? This week, uh, you know, I thought we'd be remiss not to go ahead and celebrate. You know, one of our, I feel that he is one of our, um, you know, icon black leader. You know, he's a black icon. He's a black leader right now. I've been very impressed with, uh, you know, Jay-Z's maturation project progress and, and especially oh, in this last album, how he's been able to, you know, do a lot of the things that we're we're talking about directly on this show, you know, being so acceptance, yeah, being yeah. able to you know put so much on the table and do it in a way um, that you know myself as a grown man can still listen to, feel you know feel the emotion, but it's still a great album. You can be a grown man. You don't have to be this. Yeah, trap. you don't. You don't have to be a trap trap music man. And uh, with that said, I, while I'm not playing something off of the new album, all of that was said to, you know, today is December 4th, which is Sean Carter, a.k.a. Jay-Z's birthday. So I Sean thought Carter. I'd go ahead and make the Fresh Jam a Jay-Z song. But I'm going to take it all the way back to where it first started. Well, kind of yeah. first started, if y'all remember. Why and Sophie? Well, education. What you got off of that reasonable yeah. doubt? Reasonable doubt. So you already know. But I'm going to put a little twist on it. And so, uh, yes, off reasonable doubt, I'm going to let y'all go ahead and just hear how we come in. Y'all should know the song, but we all buy that ride. I'm making short-term goals when the weather falls. We paying homage to you, brother. Please don't hit us with that fine attacks. Uh, Listen, did you you guys saw his New York Times interview? Yes, that was great. That was very pertinent to what yeah. we were talking about as well. Oh, absolutely, very, very true. Absolutely. Even on the 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 four forty four little snippets and and interviews, yeah, man. all of those. Yep, yep. But very what Jeremiah Jay Z is very tangible right yes. now. He is he is reinventing himself. I've never seen Jay this like open ever. Yeah, but I think it's, it's evolution. It's even in, part of him accepting who he is. Yeah, it's part of him accepting who he is. Also, never seen him. While you've always felt that he's so comfortable in his own skin, like seeing him now, you really see like a real comfort over him. Like before, you could kind of tell it was, yo, I got to be Jay Z. And now it's like I'm Sean Carter, man. It doesn't matter. He's like, Sean I'm Carter just, all yeah, the time. He's like, yeah. yeah, he's like, yo, I'm I'm gonna be who I am. I've done what I've done. You can't, you know, you can't uh argue uh, uh the, the fact of, of what the legacy I've left on, you know, the culture of America on on the history life, period. So it's I can be me. But I think is I think but I think the thing that's gonna be even more powerful than that is for men, like he's making it safe and comfortable for men to go to therapy and to get help and i think that's the bigger impacts and so like the impact of like what he's done for the culture is great but what he's doing for humans lives not just relationships going to yeah not just going to a counselor but the fact that he's able look thinking that being a womanizer is the way that god was wrong like i'm letting you know i was dead wrong i can't believe it showing that man i was begging her please call me back like yeah yeah, like to be able to lay that down on a record that is uh you know um 
a, a time capsule of now that forever will be you know available that's that's huge and that baby work on you you had them kids that caused you to be completely you got to go through a whole lot of introspection he had a girl first like you start thinking of everything that you did and right. you realize wow hey, some dude would do that to her right it's like a snap like but then also then also too you just realize like what you what you're doing what you're doing is not working yeah like he was with b cheating on her doing all this stuff like that and then i just he had to come to his own revelation i i i I said do not embarrass me not will you be mine that was that was that was his way of saying hey let's let's go steady let's will you be my girlfriend was don't embarrass me imagine that yeah, imagine, imagine that. that. Uh, I tell you, I'm really excited for um, what I think will be the the real best of both worlds, and that's what they should name that album if they do that collab album together. I want they 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 already have it. He said that they have all types of music that they started recording, and then that's, that's what spawned Lemonade. Was she wound up being more advanced and pushed out into her own thing that that's what got Lemonade and then he kept the momentum and then 444 was when he woke up and had the first like that song was created then and then it just propelled the rest of the album. So, right. so let me ask this question. Who's who you think eventually over time will be more powerful as a couple? Alicia Keys and Swiss Beats or Beyonce and Jay? Is that even a, that's not a, even question? a question? Why is that even a question? That is there. No, no. The reason why I, that's a very good question because why you say that's not you No, know, it's a very good question because they're doing things, Alicia and Swiss are doing things in the art world and they're doing things behind the scenes that a lot of people don't know about. Right. And so that, like, wow. And yeah. Swiss and Swiss just graduated from Harvard. Like, they're doing some things that a lot of people don't know about. Jay- they are doing hey. some amazingly philanthropic adventures. Philanthropic the, um, non, yeah. uh, what is it? No commission. That's the yeah. name of his uh, traveling, you know, art showcase, which yeah. is, you know, amazing. However, Jay Z and Beyonce do a lot of philanthropic stuff in their still. Right. That nobody knows dramatically in the, in the public. Yeah, they do a lot of stuff that they don't that you don't know about. They do a lot of stuff that you do know about here in the and, public eye, and they are consistently. I think they've got too much of a they've got too much of a head start. A head start. No, 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 they do. But they, I'm just saying, like, if you, what I, I think he asked a great question because I think we're we're equating like who's public, who sells more records, who's the more popular one. I'm taking the whole that's package. Not, that's baby. not what I'm talking. I'm talking about but, what. But, what mark they will leave on this what they will be able to leave as their legacy total you know not just hey i know look i love swiss beats and alicia keys you know they are royalty however jay-z and beyonce are like king and queen you know like it's it's hard to compare i'm not sure what 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 jay has done for music name three songs off alicia keys last album from east to west coast it's I just name crazy. three oh, songs have... off Alicia Keys' last album, Put and tell the... me you can't name almost ninety nine point nine percent of all the songs off of freaking Lemonade. But I that... say I, I think that's because of who Beyonce is. Like people don't look at Beyonce. I will say this in a general sense: people there don't was look a at Beyonce when Alicia Keys music. and Beyonce were right. But people got to Beyonce because of Beyonce's attraction. Alicia Keys wasn't like that. Like, what? Alicia, are you crazy? I mean, it's not. Oh, a, raise your hand if you didn't have a crush on Alicia Keys, please. Alicia Keys, she even even, even yes, but you even don't in the even in the proactive commercials. I agree, what? but you don't hear a general man like, "Ooh, look at Alicia Keys." Like the all I don't the know who he was hanging around. And, uh, I definitely I everybody I knew was on. I, I, I think Alicia. I think Alicia. Alicia Keys I think Alicia got three, four of her body covered up. I like, think Alicia lost her her stamina, one musically, but also two. I think it was a lot of drama with her marrying Swiss. Like, uh, I think, I think that whole it. not only her marrying Swiss, but then Swiss took over her oh, management as well. Yeah. He took over all of her production, which is not that Swiss is an amazing, you know, iconic. But not for her, but it, it it's not that That's it's not for not her. It's not a was. consistent push of her. That it's it's hey, you could. Throw a song or two on the album, but the whole thing to sound like that New York, you know, uh, boom bap. When you know, hey, we needed her to diversify. She's R and B. She was, and she was, and she yeah, was she was out there. But then it was yeah. it. 
he he you know again i love swiss beats no you know but it definitely hindered her um growth because like i said she was alicia keys and beyond you talk about early 2000 would you say and she sold more records than b at one point a hundred percent definitely would, would anybody yeah. say that this topic grinds their gears ah Mm, yeah, way. because this goes Easy. into arts corner. Yeah, yeah Easy. I, I vote Alicia Keys and Swiss Beats. That's just me. That you think that they will leave a stronger legacy I think over time. I, I view it this way. I think that Alicia Keys and Swiss Beats are like the mom and dad African king and queen on Coming to America. And Jay-Z and Beyonce are Eddie Murphy and the new girl. Like, wow. They have been there. Like Swiss Beats and Jay started together. What? So like, like the whole Swiss, like Alicia came before Beyonce. I think Alicia, yeah, Alicia Keys was. What are you talking about? Where? Beyonce, what history? Are Beyonce this something you found on Wikipedia? With, no, Beyonce. These was are not Destiny. facts. Beyonce was with Destiny's Child when she came out. Like, okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And, and Alicia Keys was Alicia Keys. But do you do realize that Alicia Keys didn't come out like with Destiny's Child, right? She came out before, didn't she? Uh, no. Hell, that's, no, she no. came out way after. She, she pretty much came out when Beyonce was becoming Beyonce only and not Destiny's Child member. Beyonce. She came out before Beyonce Jay, came out. Jay, you can come off mute and participate in this conversation. You know, she we, can't. We try to take our not, time, period. It's not, I mean, <laughs> no, uh, definitely Alicia Keys was not. Uh, she wasn't she she wasn't out before Beyonce. I know that. I mean I'm not I'm not like heavy into it, but like that's why I kinda reserved, but she wasn't out. Alicia was out before Beyonce was a solo artist. A solo right. artist. That's what I mean. Okay. Hold on. Yeah. Hold on. So Alicia was Alicia I think Alicia was like two thousand one. Two thousand one. But for real, for real, Beyonce was Beyonce in, in Destiny Child. She stood well, out from I mean, the group. Yeah, she was never really like and that right. I think that's why she went solo. But she was associated with the group. Man. She was associated with the, and people like Beyonce for Beyonce. 2001, right? 2001. Yeah, it, wasn't for, um, her, it wasn't her singing that people show. were drawn to. People was drawn to, ooh, look at Beyonce. But was, Beyonce was a total on, package, hold on, though. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Alicia, the total package. Well, no, Beyonce was a performer. You know Beyonce, Beyonce, Beyonce is a better vocal artist than Alicia Keys is. Oh, yes, but Alicia is a better musician. Beyonce, yeah, Beyonce. can I say better than Alicia Keys? Yeah, I'm yeah, sure bugging about that. She no, she's man. like an opera singer. Where do you get your get off of Wikipedia, man? <laughs> I'm not Go back Wikipedia. to your encyclopedias. Hey, I'm on the headphones. I don't know, man. The thing about Beyonce is better vocally than Alicia Keys. Alicia Keys, she was billed as like. She was the writer, pr- producer, songwriter. Like she was, that's what her thing was. Like she wrote and produced all her songs. And, and yeah, Beyonce didn't come out till 2003. Three. Exactly. Cause I was at Def Jam. I, just I remember. Like I, let me tell y'all a quick story. I was working at Def Jam and we were about to release Ashanti's chapter two album. Ugh. And I remember, I remember in this marketing meeting, I was just like, I, I'm not the biggest Beyonce fan, but I knew Beyonce was going to blow. Right, I knew it was gonna blow out the water, and I said to them, "I was like, Beyonce's coming out." They're like, "Nah, Ashanti sold five million records." I was like, "Beyonce's coming out," and I and I remember going to the computer and I was like, "Look at this album cover." Remember Beyonce's album cover with the 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 diamond? I was like, "She's going to win. She's going to win," and it was just they hated me at Def Jam because I was never a team. A team player. I was like, "Yo, but this is what I was on." Like, she wouldn't drink Kool Aid. I was like, "I would drink the Kool Aid." I was like, "This chick is about to blow." And then I remember when she performed "Crazy in Love" for the first time on on the BET Awards, and she had all the girls Shut lined up off. going, "Oh, oh!" I was like, "I look." That's, that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like Beyonce is such an icon that like any any song she puts out, it's like instantaneously the female national anthem. Like, mm-hmm. I don't care what but, song it is. But I don't think that. But it's it's yeah. not that they're not great song like that it, it's it's not like she's a um hey hey ladies and gentlemen we appreciate you joining us <laughs> on the 13th floor <laughs> where the furniture always and always the best but the views are amazing we're going to continue this conversation <laughs> offline alicia the outtakes alicia and rough riders get off the wikipedia y'all go back and to Shanti. Encyclopedia britannica Ashanti got better vocals than uh, Beyonce any day, though. What? Are you serious? No, just like, oh, <laughs> I was like, bro. You can say, what you got on screen, man?
now is your time to flinch. flinch.